HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Bento Box, a hospitality platform that empowers restaurants to own their presence, profits, and relationships directly through their website. Opening soon listeners save 40% on the setup fee at getbento.com slash opening soon. That is G-E-T-B-E-N-T-O dot com forward slash opening soon. This week on Meet and 3, we're ringing in the start of our fifth season with dispatches from Portland, Oregon's biggest food festival, Feast Portland. We're bringing you words of wisdom on launching a food business from food blogs. Most acquaintances from high school have now tried to start a food or fashion blog in some sense and quit very quickly afterwards. To ice cream shops. Every city you go to, the salt and straw is completely different than any other city. We'll bring you insights and anecdotes about the business of the business. We were like, cool, we're going to do this. We're going to try to raise $75,000 and we'll see what happens. And it was like the most gut-wrenching, miserable month. Tune in to Meet and 3, HRN's weekly food news roundup, wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to Opening Soon on Heritage Radio Network. We are your hosts. I am Jenny Goodman. And I'm Alex McCreary. And Opening Soon is a weekly show that will walk you through the steps of opening a restaurant. We're having conversations with some of the world's greatest chefs and restaurateurs, vendors, and the kinds of people that will help take your business from an idea to opening soon. So if you don't know us already, um, we are failed restaurateurs. We're now successful workwear makers at Till at NYC. Um, and we've done one season. We're now going into second season, which we're dubbing OS2. So we're super excited to be taking a little bit deeper dive into some issues that we've brought up and then as well addressing some new issues that you might have brought up. Um, and in that vein, keep things rolling with asking us questions. If there's things that um, you think are pertinent that you're not learning from the show yet that you need to know before you open your restaurant, then please reach out to us, write us an email, uh, DM us on Instagram and let us know. So this week's episode of Opening Soon is all about mentorship, uh, fostering it as a business owner as well as finding it as a cook. So we're joined today by Chef Ed Lee and Lindsay Ofsasik. Did I get that right? You did. Okay. Uh, they're the co-founders of the Lee Initiative, which stands for Let's Empower Employment. 
It's an initiative which works to bring more diversity and equality to the restaurant industry through their six-month mentorship program, something that is very much needed both for the business owner and for uh, the cooks and chefs out there. Uh, Ed Lee, is, as well, I'm sure you know his name. He's the chef owner of uh, 610 Magnolia, Milkwood, and Whiskey Dry in Louisville, Kentucky. And Lindsay is the director of the Lee Initiative, and she as well was the uh, GM and wine director at 610 Magnolia. Uh, we also have the five mentees from this year's program, which we're excited to have in the booth. We have Miriam Martinez, Tanya Mays, Emmy Dunnigan, Katie Smith, and Brianna Baker. So welcome to the show, guys. Thank you. Thank you. So happy to have a full house today. It's super fun. We're all packed in here like sardines, nice and cozy, but it's really important discussion. So um, Lindsay and Ed, why don't you just tell us a little bit about you know, what the Lee Initiative does and, and you know, what was the impetus for it? Do you want to start? <laughs> sure. Um, we started this about two years ago. And, um, you know, for me, there, there, yeah, obviously there was a time in the, in the restaurant business when the Me Too movement came out and, and, and we were hearing all about this bad stuff. And, and you know... <sighs> To me, this is less about a women's movement. It's about um, um, equality. It's about creating a diversity in the restaurant business. Um, I like to say that, you know, 20 years ago when I started cooking, uh, uh, the industry, and I was cooking actually here in New York, um, the industry was what it was. You just, you, you, it wasn't always the greatest thing, but you kind of dealt with it. And, and now we have an opportunity to change it uh, for the better. And I think um, that's something that didn't exist 20 years ago. You didn't go into this business thinking that you were going to change the industry. Uh, you went into it thinking you were going to own a restaurant and then just suffer for the rest of your life. <laughs> and, pay your dues, work your way up, your deal, yeah. with, deal with the shit. Style. And, um, yeah. you know, we wanted to do something that wasn't just a knee-jerk reaction to something that was uh, uh, very big in the media. We wanted to do something that we think has legs and, and will make an impact and um, we wanted to do something that's going to last for a very long time and, and really impact uh, the lives of, you know, a few people, but impact them in a way that's really drastic and, and really a, a positive change. So um, this was really all Lindsay's uh, idea. Um, you know, we sat in a room and, and we, we talked about it for hours and we thought, what, like, what can we possibly do um, to to, to make a change and, and really, you know, Lindsay can talk about the details of it. Um, but she, you know, we, we thought about, we had like a list of like 20 different things that we were going to do with the initiative and, um, the mentorship part, like we, we asked that we interviewed a bunch of chefs, um, before we embarked on this and, and said, what do you need? Like what, what, what would work? And, um, it was the men, ultimately it was the mentorship part of it that, um, it, we kept coming back to time and again. So that's, that's what we landed on. Cool. Lindsay, can you tell us a little bit about like, what the program entails? I know you guys do some really cool things with putting the, the chefs actually in restaurants to learn from successful women that are, that are running kitchens currently, right? Yeah. So like Edward said, we were sitting around talking you know, about all the negative things that were coming to light in our industry. Um, and honestly, for me, that wasn't my story. I had had great mentors and a lot of people that had invested in me in this industry. So when we decided to do this mentorship program, we thought, you know, we can't just focus on the bad. There, for every bad restaurateur out there, there are an army of good ones. So let's place these five women, you know, each year with a great restaurateur that has awesome policies that's working for a more equitable work workplace. Um, we send them through media training. They go to the Fab Symposium, get to experience a lot of sides of the restaurant um, that you don't see as a cook, you know, you're not looking at P&Ls. No one's working with you to 
talk to investors. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's a big, that's a big thing that we've talked about too on this show specifically is like, if you're front of the house or back of the house and you don't have a good mentor, you don't get exposure to things like PL and actually like the guts behind running the business. So you said, Lindsay, you had great mentors before. How did you find those people? And you know, not everybody has access to an amazing program like that. So like this, like the Lee initiative. So what do you suggest for those people, both of you? So it sounds like you both had good mentors. Um, I mean, I really looked into my mentors. I, I fortunately was working for a woman who was an Annie Petrian, um, just, I've honestly found that women who are running restaurants, um, are willing to share their time with chefs. Yeah, that's true. And I think think most people are, I think the biggest, (laughs) yeah, the biggest thing that, you know, we've found is encouraging people to ask for the education that they want. And as Steven Satterfield was in the studio last season and talked about how, you know, before he was ready to go open the restaurant, he spent time working as the guy behind the bar, as the guy at the front desk, as the guy in, behind the bookkeeper and like making, making an important you know decision to say, I need to know more than just like how to excellently produce great food. I need to know how to run a business. Otherwise you won't be there. And so, um, but I think that there's ways that, that sh- chefs and business owners can, um, if, if, their mentees can't have the access to this program that they can sort of do these things on their own, right? Yeah, and with our mentor chefs, I mean, they're running some of the most successful restaurant companies in America, and all we had to do was ask. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. No one's ever said no. Right. I mean, that's impressive. That's yeah. And do you want to shout out who we spoke a little bit before to the mentees, and they shouted out which kitchens they were in, which is like quite an impressive list. Do Do you guys want to shout out who you like externed for? Um, I'm Emmy Dunnigan, and I mentored with Mindy Siegel at Hot Chocolate in Chicago, and I'm actually going to work for her in this fall on October 1st. Yeah, Mindy is an award-winning, James, is a James Beard Award winner yes. for pastry and has an awesome business in Chicago. Yeah, so she's amazing. Cool. Mm-hmm. I'm Brianna Baker. I interned with uh, Chef Brooke Williamson at each of her restaurants in L.A., uh, Playa Provisions, um, Hudson House uh, and to Kiko Kiko, so it was very fun. I had a great time. <laughs> I'm Mira Martinez, and I mentored with Katie Button at Curate and her bagel shop. Um, I'm Tanya Mays. I was with Nina Compton in New Orleans at Compier Le Pen. Um, she is a true badass. So hi, Nina. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Katie Smith. I worked with Ashley Christensen in Raleigh, North Carolina and had an absolute blast, super honored to be a part of their team. Yeah, so I mean, it's it's clear, I, you know, that there's a so lot there's some, of- Some amazing names, and right. I'm sure you guys had some awesome experiences there. Cool, so I think we talked a little bit about this, but and our show focuses a lot on like the business aspect, um, you know, of like how do you actually open a restaurant? So what have you guys, you know, how's the program helping to like foster people to become next step of leaders and, you know, preparing them for business ownership or what do you pe- think people should know when they're preparing to own their own business? Ed, since you're a business owner. Oh, since, uh, you know, going back to the mentorship question, um, Listen, I, I, I think you have to, if you're a young chef out there, you have to, like, find someone that you want to work for. The information's out there. Yeah. You know, and, and um, 
you know, I, I, I talk to a lot of young people and, and I hear a lot like, oh, I'm working in this kitchen, but it really sucks. And, and, and the chef's an asshole and, and this and that. And um, to me, I'm like, then quit. Like, go somewhere. Um, so quit your job. At least that it's okay to quit, quit your, your job. job. <laughs> um, there are plenty of great restaurants and there are plenty of great chefs out there. And and um, for every year that you spend in a bad kitchen, you're wasting your time and, and you're wasting good years yeah, where you should true. be learning. And I think part of what we're doing with this is to um, it's really important to get people when they're young, right before they become jaded and disillusioned and, and, and sort of hate their career. You know, catch them when they're young, get them this this like vision of what it feels like to do good, to do yeah. good work, you know, to have a family, to have camaraderie. Um, and, and when you do that, it really does put that idea in your head of like, oh, this is how it's this is how it feels like when it's done right. And, and then you have a goal to aspire to. Uh, and, and that's, um, it's so important to do that before, you know, you're 35 and an alcoholic. You know? <laughs> like it, it's, it's, it's really important to instill that early on. And, yeah. and that's what we're, that's what we're trying to do. And, and quite frankly, like, I wish I had that when I was, you know, in my early twenties and, and, and I fought through a lot of, um, bad kitchens, you know, only to realize that in my late 20s, like, oh, yeah, this is what I should be doing. And so I feel like if you can catch them young, if you can figure out, um, and it's not about, you know, like in my day, it, it was about being a chef, creating great food, and maybe opening a restaurant one day. And that was it. And, and for this next generation, it's really about activism. It's really about changing um, the industry, like you have the opportunity to change it, and, yeah. which is incredible to think about. Like that just wasn't something we talked about 20 years ago in the restaurant business. And, and so, um, like, I can't predict what's going to be the problems in the industry 20 years from now. Right. Yeah. So, but hopefully 20 years from now, I'll be on an island smoking weed. And, and <laughs> Real talk. Five years, Ed. Come but, on. But they'll, but they'll be the ones dealing with them, and they'll be hopefully equipped yeah. to deal with it and, and to be not just chefs but activists. Yeah, but have you seen, like, a cultural shift through initiatives like yours or just in general with the younger generation? Because it was always, like, this is the way that it is. There's a brigade system. Start at the bottom, shut your mouth, and just take the abuse. Like, have, do you see people, act, you know, speaking up for themselves more in your well, yeah. kitchen. I mean, and, I mean and, and they can talk to it more. You guys should just talk to it. But, but yeah, I mean, the, these are the people that are going to make that change. Yeah. You know? I think the difference, too, and, and to your first point is, you know, that when when I started cooking at the same time as you probably, decades ago, which is scary, but the idea then was, you know, rack up the biggest names you could on your resume so that you could go on to the next bigger name on the resume. And there's a lot more... When you go to open your own restaurant, no one looks at your resume and no one says, oh, wow, you worked it per se. Like, now you can have a loan for $300,000. or no so one's, true. That's, yeah. It just doesn't work that way. Like, the things that you need to operate your business from day one, from three months in, six months in, you're not necessarily learning from the biggest name out there. You're going to learn from somebody who's a really great teacher and who's willing to share a lot of things with you. And you're also going to learn those things by not, you know, skipping around and doing six months with this big name, six months with this big name, you're going to learn it from having some tenure and kind of working your way through. So I think making those choices to work for somebody who's great and willing to teach you is, is a really smart way to go. And I think this generation is doing it way better than, than we did. Hopefully. Hopefully. 
So how many, so this is your second class or your third class? From, this is our second class. This is your second class. Mm-hmm. And this is something you guys are going to be doing every, the Lee initiative is going to continue. You're basically, tell us how it works. They, people have to be working in kitchens for two years. Like what are the criteria? How do people apply? What's the long-term goal? Yeah. So when we started this initiative, we were investing directly in our restaurant community. So um, for now it's chefs working in Kentucky for two years. Um, there, we have a selection committee. We do look for people that are doing activist work, um, really dedicated. And it's more about being a leader than your cooking skills. Like, uh-huh. I mean, yes, we want you to be good at what you do, but we can, you know, that's something that you can learn. Yeah. We can't teach you to be a good person. That's true. <laughs> so we are also, um, we encourage people, the initiative is easy to replicate. And so we hope that people will invest in their community by doing it as well. We are ex- actually expanding to Memphis. Oh, cool. Congrats. Yeah. So we'll be, yeah, working with Chef Kelly English there. Cool. I mean, mm. I think that is an important thing to say. Like Alice Waters started Edible Schoolyard, which has then been replicated in other like neighborhoods and things. So is that is that a goal for the initi- initiative to be like replicated in other kitchens and across like different regions? Definitely. Yeah. Um, so if and you're we listening feel like we... and you want to get involved <laughs> in mentorship, you should reach out. Yeah. And can, what you were speaking about earlier, we've learned so much from the mentees as well. Yeah. Um, it goes two ways. It does. Um, you know, I also grew up in kitchens far before they did. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And one thing I will say about people like to give millennials and generation Y a bad rap. Um, they don't seek work-life balance. They demand it and they will change things. Yeah. How do you have work-life balance in the kitchen or in the the industry? I mean, you know, like what do you, what have you found? And I'm curious to hear from the mentees too. Oh, I'm still trying to figure it out, so. Yeah. Yeah, like, any tips, send them in, please. (laughs) Yeah, and I mean, it's a real question, especially as women, because when you, if you decide to have a family, then you're physically, there's reasons why you can't be there all the time. So it's, you know, it's an interesting thing with the work-life balance for your pointing. Um, I have a daughter at home. Um, I'm currently in New York, obviously. Uh, So it's hard um, being there for a child, a demanding career where you have to be there yeah. 10 plus hours a day. Um, How old's your daughter? She's 10. She's 10. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It is hard. I mean, it's, you know, even in any career as a person, it's just, I have a, I have a four week old. At home. <laughs> so yeah, I, I hear you. It's like physically hard to be separated and there's a totally different set of demands. And I think that people didn't talk about it before either. And a lot of people just leave the industry instead of, trying to figure it out. So the fact that your generation is speaking up to have more work-life balance, I think will keep women in kitchens more for longer, hopefully, which I think is awesome. Um, so a question, Jen, that you had put down that I think is, is interesting. That One of the things that you guys do is that you do the week-long stage or externship with um, with with a well-known or, or, or successful chef, how is that? How is that different? How is the entire program different than like just doing a stage? Well, so part of what we talked about with mentorships, yes, you can ask someone to mentor you, um, but in this stage of your career, it's often very hard to come up with funding to send yourself to LA for a week. That's something we talk <laughs> a lot a about. This is the whole. I know. Yeah. This is like, yeah, exactly. The stage system is really. It's, it's like not rigged an for player. it's not an equal yeah. right it's not an equal playing field because you essentially as you just said you have to have financial resources to not get paid to do something yeah. and so something that we do is we actually pay them their wages from their restaurant while they're there 
That's amazing. Um, so yeah. that they can actually go and not be super stressed about it. We right. give them lodging. Um, I don't know. Can you guys speak to Were you able to do stages um, on your own? Uh, speaking personally, no. I don't know <laughs> if anyone else did. But yes, this is absolutely the first time that I've done an out-of-town stage. So it's an incredible opportunity. Has it, did anybody else do, out of the five of you, did anybody else do stages before this? No. Um, this was my first stage out of town as well, and I mean, it's changing my career because I'm moving now to Chicago, and I wouldn't have been able to do it on my own, so I think it's super important to talk about changing the staging system because it's definitely not equal for people who don't have the amazing opportunity we do. So I would really love for people to expand on our program. Yeah. Do you take stages at your restaurants, Ed? Um, yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. I mean, you know, you know, one thing, um, like anything that's good, someone screws it up. Yeah. And, and uh, it's actually now illegal to do, um, to accept a, a free uh, labor um, so, so we have to be really careful about. Um, is it a, Ken- a Kentucky law or a federal law? That's a federal law, and um, I believe you can look it up. I believe it was some 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 dude in uh, Portland, I want to say, who um, had a stage and decided to keep him for six months and not pay him, and and because it was a quote unquote stage, right? Um, and then he sued the restaurant owner, and it was a big case, um, and it was that was one of the reasons. Um, but there were a number of other cases like that, and and um, I'm pretty sure yeah, it became a federal thing. Like you just cannot accept free labor, which yeah. is also very hard because there are people who want like there are people who ask me all the time like hey I want to work for you and I'm like you know you can do a day or two or, or like right. a week but but you know anything longer um, like as a restaurant owner I can't accept that yeah you know so it, it becomes this, this whole idea of of um, staging you know which is basically a free apprenticeship mm-hmm. um, is 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 really over um so in in lieu of that like what do you do because you do have to learn and you do have to go out and and and, you know put in your time and so um you know like mentorship programs like this are really important because um you know that 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 whole staging system is is kind of antiquated and 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 it's, it's obviously it's going away so um how do you as a young chef learn i mean you can learn through cookbooks and internet you know like you can watch tv but that's that only goes so far um like even spending one week in someone else's kitchen is so beneficial yeah um and so you know like like next year i want to do my own stage with (laughs) yeah whose kitchen would you go to oh i want to go to all of them you want (laughs) to Well, I think the difference, too, they're not just going and, like, doing prep and spending time in a kitchen. You know, they're actually going to manager meetings. They're looking at their books. They're sitting in on, like, super important meetings. And without an introduction and, like, a program, like, no one's going to just be like, oh, yeah, I don't know you, but come on in. Look at my numbers. People (laughs) opened up their, they showed you, like, their P&Ls and stuff. One great nugget or a great experience (laughs) within the restaurant that you were at that that was surprising, like, that you got to see you know, Nina Compton's, like, payroll. Like, <laughs> I don't know there, if you like... got to see that, but Miriam, you spent a lot of time with Katie at, like, manager meetings and stuff. Can you tell us about it? Um, yeah, I didn't really get to go to important meetings because I guess that wasn't part of my business, but um, <laughs> I did go to, like, one of her media 
meetings and they were just discussing how to expand um, their media, like with uh, Instagram and Facebook. Um, right, because you're not just a business owner anymore. You're a marketing channel mm-hmm. now, too, which well, you is... you got to put butts in seats. There's, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot to it. We have a whole episode about butts in seats. Was, wasn't one of... Who thought, like, everyone had their own, like, Instagram person? Didn't someone... Th- I thought someone thought, like, every chef had, like, hired an Instagram person or something. Ed, you don't have an Instagram you don't person? Have a, you don't have an <laughs> agency on, running your social... Your feed is beautiful, Ed. Come on. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> A yeah. lot do, I think. A lot, right? Some people do. Yeah. You know, we had Michael Chernout, who owns the Meatball Shop, um, and is co-founder of the Meatball Shop, and is Seymour's. And he says that he does actually have somebody managing his social media because he has three brands. But he, you know, talked about how important it was to just, like, be authentic from the get-go and, like, make sure that you are looking at your metrics and understanding what people are responding to because that is how people find you and discover your food and all those kind of things, which I It's also a recurring thing that we've gone through with a lot of the shows and a lot of different facets of opening a restaurant is focus. It's and so what you're good at, yeah. you know, if you're not an amazing Instagram person, then there's no reason that you need to be doing it. You should right. have someone else hired out to do that. And you focus on the things that you are great at, whether that's managing people or doing numbers or cooking in the kitchen. Um, but if you are great at social and you're that kind of networking person, then by all means, you should hundred percent be doing it. Yeah. So who's good at Instagram now? Focus. Like, focus. Yeah. What, anybody what about else? anybody else for yeah experiences? I mean, personally, when I was with Brooke, I had the opportunity. We didn't go to any of her meetings, uh, but I had the opportunity to discuss some of the changes that are happening in the next coming years with her restaurant. So it was really kind of interesting to see the behind the scenes um, and really what takes place in her life uh, Mm -hmm. because she's very busy. I mean, she's traveling all the time. So it's interesting to see how she actually balances her work life and her personal life um, and really how her business uh, that she started with her husband, Nick, came to be. And I think it's incredible, honestly. Anybody else have anything they learned that? Yeah. Uh, I was lucky enough to sit in with Ashley Christensen and her full management staff for a sort of monthly team building um, experience. (laughs) And um, it was uh, a really great experience. I learned a lot, but it definitely circles back to the previous discussion about changes in the industry and sort of demanding um, a more constructive and positive environment for uh, cooks and front of house workers. Um, everything about the meeting was sort of, uh, very geared towards positive change, um, work-life balance. Uh, it wasn't... No, I mean, yeah, there's definitely been, it's nice to see that people are actually implementing, like, you know, try to have real changes of, on their staff level too. Have you guys seen that in the restaurants that you work in before coming to the Lee Initiative? Like, people try... There's some like yes and no's. Um, I'm curious, Lindsay, because you're you work in the dining room. Like, what do you think needs help there? Because there's a lot of women who are managers in the front of the house and in the dining room, and there aren't a ton of. I think we talk less about like the Me Too and the like. How do you mentor people front of house the same way? Do you think there's a need there too? I mean, yeah, there's definitely, and I think there's a lot of crossover. Our restaurant's really small. Yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, we we invested in women in kitchens. Um, because we saw the most disparity there. Right. There are, I mean, 
There are a lot of women that are general managers and wine directors, and I think it's a little further along in the... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's always a struggle. I have a three and a five-year-old too, so... <laughs> um, we, you know, we are a restaurant that has maternity leave, which is Good crazy. Yeah. How many, how much, I didn't get maternity leave. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm, so, I'm on <laughs> semi maternity leave. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's amazing. And I mean, I bring my kids to work with me sometimes. Yeah. Same. <laughs> and I think too, that's so important though. And I think so many, like, you know, showing that you can bring kids to work and you can, you know, it's like, this is part of your life. Yeah. Yeah. And when I talked about, you know, when we started this restaurant or started talking about the mentorship and the initiative, um, you know, I had both of my kids while working in a restaurant as well. And I, if you would have told me 10 years ago that I would have stayed, you know, like when I found out I was having a kid, I was like, okay, well, I guess my time in the industry's done. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I was actually greeted with a maternity leave that would have rivaled that of a fortune 500 company trying to attract millennials. Kudos. So, um, there are people um, investing in keeping women in the industry. <laughs> and there's, there's, it, it, you know, it's about perception, right? So my other restaurant, Milkwood, we have a, a, a GM who's also uh, uh, just had a child um, like a couple months ago. And <clears throat> there's always been this perception, right, in the restaurant business. Like once you have a kid, that's it. You can't work anymore because it's nights and, and you're not going to be as invested. And um, it's, it's. But it's how you look at it, right? So, oh, you're a new mom. You're not going to be an effective manager um, because you have a child and that's your priority. You can look at it from the other angle, which which I've seen, uh, which is, oh, great, you're a mom. So you really know how to be efficient. <laughs> right. And you know how to multitask. You know how to multitask. That's the number one thing. And when the shift is over, you're going to clean up and get the hell out of there right. you're not going to stay around for five shift drinks and you're not going to lollygag and, and and so to me there, there's just it's just a shift in perception when i go oh you're a mom right so so when i look at a resume 20 years ago you'd say oh you're a mom i'm not going to really think about this and now i look at a resume and go oh you're a mom you've got some really positive things going on yeah. that i could use that 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 you know anyone who's had a child and i have a young child too like you know you're just a hell of a lot more efficient at doing things. So and, much and, more efficient, and yeah. You just have to deal with things head on. Like, those are qualities that now we look for. Like, I want someone who has responsibility, who understands, who's not going to hang out till 3 in the morning drinking and, and coming up hungover the next day to work. Like, so it's just a matter of perception. I think one of the things that, that we do, we talk about these things. We talk about maternity leave and, and everything and, and go, yeah. I, I want mothers working for me. You know, I want people who have responsibility, who understand a work-life balance. You know, not someone who's going to be, you know, uh, driven and motivated and, and, and then burn out after two years. You know, someone who, there, there are people that want to work, you know, 120 hours a week for me, right? But they're not going to last. Right. Like, you can't sustain that. So, for me, as, as a company, we start to look at, like, I want people to, to work for me for years, not for six months, you know, and, and pad a resume and leave. So, so how do we start to achieve that? How do we look at that? Um, and it just, just changes the kind of, you know, the people you want in your company. I would agree with that. Um, so, yeah, so don't let it discourage you to apply for jobs if you're a woman who's wanting to have a family. I, I love that. I think there are people who are supportive. And, you know, I definitely see myself being more efficient as a parent than I used to be. Um, let's take a super quick break and then we'll come back with some lightning round questions. 
Marietta is a close-knit community in Georgia. Husband and wife, Dan and Lauren, along with Dan's parents, Jeff and Rachel, preserved a historic building near the city square and worked with local farmers and artisans to create a menu and space that felt like home. Two Birds Tap House opened in July 2016, and it is a staple in Marietta today. Two Birds Tap House is one of 5,000 restaurants that drives high margin revenue directly through their website, thanks to Bento Box. Visit getbento.com slash opening soon today and save 40% on your website setup fee. Back. All right, we're back and we're chatting with Ed Lee and Lindsay Osasik uh, and their mentees from the Lee Initiative. And we've got some lightning round questions for you guys. Uh, so we'll do one at a time, and these are just meant to be sort of uh, quick answer, whatever comes to the top of your head. Um, where, where do you want to start? You want to start with M? Yes. Sure. Who is, uh, yeah. Go ahead. Who inspired you to cook? Um, definitely my grandmother and my mom, because my grandmother was an amazing cook, and my mom was terrible. So, <laughs> Damn, she's mom. so bad. Is mom listening um, right now? She is. Sorry, mom. <laughs> she agrees, though. Um, so I spent most of my childhood with my grandmother, and I spend a lot of time with her still now. So she's definitely my inspiration. Yeah. Brianna? Um, my inspiration was also my grandmother and my mom. Um, I grew up cooking with both of them. Um, one of my favorite childhood memories was just maintaining a garden with my mom in the middle of uh, summer and fall. Um, so it was really interesting to see growing up how that product is produced and I feel like it gave me more respect for the ingredients that I use now. Um, and also uh, going through high school, I was in a culinary program. So the chef of that program, Chef Kristen Dogan, was a huge inspiration for me. Uh, going through that, she became my second mom. So yay, culinary programs in high school. So That's important. impressive. Yeah. Yeah. What about for you guys' dream restaurant job after you leave this program? Miriam, yours. <laughs> um, I think I'm at a point in my life where I would like to open up my own place. Um, Eventually, I'm still figuring all of that stuff out, so hopefully soon. Tanya? For me too. Um, yeah. Right now, uh, my husband and I are actually doing pop-ups called Kismet, um, where we just do random food wherever we are. Um, my dream job would be to open a small deli, where I force him to cure meats for me and I make bread. Cool. <laughs> I'll come cool. to that deli. Katie, favorite thing about cooking? Uh, I would say the opportunity to meet other cooks and producers, farmers, and build that community. I think it's all about sharing food and sharing uh, experiences. And so for me, uh, learning from other people, connecting with them, uh, just sort of building that wonderful environment that I think we all enjoy. Cool. And then I, I think this question should be for everybody, too, is um, one thing that you hope to learn with your time left or um, one thing that you think, you know, that, that you really need to know for your for your next step? Katie? <laughs> sorry, can you repeat the question? <laughs> just, so just one thing that you feel like you have left to learn in, in the program itself that you think you can get from, from your time in the Lee Initiative? Um, media training. <laughs> Wish you in great. You're, you're doing it right now. You're doing it right yeah, now. Absolutely. It's definitely, uh, definitely, uh, 
sort of a learning as you go thing. And we're very lucky to have a really amazing uh, PR uh, team. Yeah. Wax yeah, staff PR worldwide. Team. Yeah. They're amazing. And they, we, they did do media training, but I think it's just one of those situations where we all just have to learn these things the hard way. So I think we're all sort of struggling to do our best today, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, that's, but that's also like, like for me, it's training. Like it's, it's repetitive. Right. Like, Cause it's, it's such a weird thing. Like when I started cooking 20 years ago, there was no media. Right. So we never, well, you like, were there was front no, facing and that, yeah, that's completely changed. None of this right. stuff existed. I, I remember, I remember, I don't know how old I was. Like I did my first like TV interview and it was uh, like a local TV station thing. And, and no one said anything to me, and I was like leaning back, and I had like four chins, and I, was <laughs> and I sounded like a frog, and it was like the uh, most embarrassing thing. And I was like, oh my god, no one told me that I have to like sit up and stick my chin out, and like <laughs> simple things like that. And 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 it's funny how now, like that's one of the first things that you learn, like literally, yeah, learn how to make a stock, and then learn how to do an interview. Like like it's yeah. it's as important, and and it's that that's. You know the world changes, but the more you do it, you you do you get, get better more comfortable. at it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, right. Tanya, one thing. Um, I would like to know how to, I guess, efficiently pass this on to the next group of girls, or how to properly be a mentee or a mentor for the next round, maybe in the future. I think hopefully. just being honest, right? Like, what do you think yeah. makes a good, what has been a good mentor for? Like what have you seen as like a good right? characteristic of a good mentor? Just from- um openness brutal honesty honesty Um, that's nina was brutally honest with me which was great uh she worked my ass off while i was there (laughs) which was awesome um we had about 30 minutes at the end of like my time there and she was just like all right sit down what do we need to talk about and i was just like i don't know i've been working this whole week and she's just like well this is what you do you know you do your work you work harder you work smarter you work faster and she's like and that's how you're gonna make it and i was like Okay, that's all I need. Like, that's all I need to know. One day, I mean, the first class of mentors, I feel like they're already reaching out to, Mm -hmm. or mentees have reached out to work with you all. Has that been support, like, a good thing for you? Do you feel supported by them? Um, I do. Actually, the first uh, of the first year mentees that reached out to me was Jen Rock. Um, Hi, Jen. Uh, She was, she has turned into a mentor for me. Um, She called me, gave me all the tips, tricks of, maneuvering my way through the Lee initiative, which was great. Miriam, what, what you got? Um, I feel like learning more about the business side of opening a restaurant. Uh, I don't know a whole lot about that paperwork and, you know, stuff like that. Sure. Listen to season one of opening soon. <laughs> we'll walk you through the entire now. And ask lots of questions. And ask lots of questions. Right? Ask yeah. for that time. Ask for somebody to spend an hour with you, just kind of going through things every now and again. And, mm-hmm. And I think you'll get there. Uh, Brianna? Um, personally, I don't have just one thing that I want to learn. Um, I really want to just gain more experience. And By experience, you mean like cooking experience, operating experience? Or there... Cooking and operating. Yeah. Um, yeah. So my main goal is to one day open my own restaurant. So I'm really going through and trying to learn as much as I can. I go to Sullivan University. Um, I have four classes left until I receive my bachelor's degree, Ooh, so that's right. I'm ready for it. Um, so it's really just learning as I go and and absorbing as much as I can to one day pass that on um, to the next generation. Um, yeah. Cool. Amy. 
Um, I think echoing off of what Tanya said, uh, there's a lot I really want to learn, but I definitely want to know how to be more of an activist once I move on, because I know I'm not ready to be a mentor yet, but it's definitely what I want to do in my future. And I've been so lucky to have so many great mentors, and I want to pass along that opportunity to someone who really, really needs it. Cool. Cool. Um, should we move on to opening soon announcements? Yeah, so we always like to shout out um, restaurants or friends or whoever might be opening soon. Any Anybody you got? What's new in Kentucky? Anything new in Must Kentucky? Be something new, right? Are you opening a new restaurant? Oh, I'm, over, I'm just shouting out to myself. Uh, yeah, I love it. <laughs> um, we're opening a restaurant in uh, Cincinnati. Hey, congrats. March, March of 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, and Kevin Ashworth, who has been my oh, chef for we love Kevin. Yeah, like like a decade. Um, it's it's basically his restaurant. So, so he's, congrats, he Kevin. Be, yes, he will be. If you're out there, you better start working on that menu. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have a name? Uh, yeah, but I can't tell because okay. it's, it's a part of a hotel. So there's like Under a wraps. whole thing. Like that. So he's moving from Kentucky to... Well, he doesn't know it yet. Oh. <laughs> Here's your announcement, Kevin. Here's... So cool. Awesome. Anything else? So, yeah, come. Um, like I said, we are expanding the Lee Initiative. Oh, so, exciting. Yeah, we'll be working with five chefs in Memphis, Tennessee. When so. does that start? Uh, hopefully next week applications will go live okay wow so we're working with it's called um food project 275 okay and they work with the um 275 miles surrounding memphis tennessee so cool we'll be working with chef kelly english there awesome that's exciting and these are annual programs you do once a year yeah so they'll run opposite of ours so i was like oh i don't need a you know downtime (laughs) yeah nope keep it moving do we have anything in new york my goodness, I'm rusty. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, I don't. I have not off the top of my head. I'm sure there are things, but yeah, I've well, been on maternity leave. Sorry, I have mom brain. We'll go. I, I have a shout out budget. for New York. Oh, yeah. let's hear it, Matt. That's our engineer, Matt. Uh, Winsun just opened their That's bakery. Right. Winsun Bakery down the street from our lovely spot. Have you been yet, Matt? I've had some treats from there, and it is mighty tasty. I've seen that. The burger looked ridiculous. Did you have something else? I've got one. Uh, yeah, like some mochi, mochi donut thing. Uh, some and some of the sides, the potato salad and I don't know, peaches and tomatoes, and it was it was, it was all good. <laughs> so go to Winston Bakery. And now we're right. hungry. Now we're hungry. Yeah. Katie, you got one? Yeah. Uh, so I make Neapolitan pizza in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, uh, my mentor Ashley Christensen is getting ready to open a Neapolitan pizza restaurant in Raleigh. Uh, it's called Poolside Pies. I was lucky cool. enough to sort of get to talk about uh, the dough that they're planning on using, which was a lot oh. of fun, um, and get to see the restaurant, which is currently being uh, renovated. So, that's Any cool. ambition to go work with her on the project? Um, can't say for sure. <laughs> I, I would love to. It's in your head somewhere. That's good. Yeah. Cool. Um, well, special thanks again to Ed, to Lindsay, uh, and to all of you guys for being here. Uh, we'll post a wrap-up of today's show. I know there was a lot of people in the booth, so sometimes it's hard to understand who's talking. So sometimes reading the transcript after will, will give you a better idea, and we'll kind of hit on the best points that were laid out. Um, you can find that on our website at tillitnyc.com. We'll also send it out by email, so if you're not already on our email list, then please get on it. Uh, can you guys tell us where to find you on social for the Lee Initiative and for the restaurants? For Instagram, it's just Lee Initiative, okay. our, and then our website is leeinitiative.org. 
Oh, and that's okay. where people can find the start of the application. And is they that right? Apply, the initiative.org right. is where you can apply. And what about for information? And that's for also where you can donate donate can. money money yes. to a nonprofit. Thank you. <laughs> Big part of making it happen. Five hundred one three C, right? Yeah, make yes. it happen so that and these it, women can be paid to stage. Go ahead. Yeah, and I was going to say your door is open to chatting with other you know leaders in different regions about how to sort of start it in there. Did they reach out to you, Lindsay, or Ed? Yeah, they can yeah. totally reach out to me. Cool. Um, you can click on my face on the website and cool. shoot me an email. We'll put yeah. yourself on that. And if you want to so. be a mentor, right? Are you? Do you guys accept people like applications for mentors too? Yeah, for... you can always just reach out to us. There's, yeah. Cool. cool. Well, uh, follow the journey for opening soon on Heritage Radio. Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, anywhere else you get your podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at We Are Opening Soon and at Tillit NYC. And we'll see you next week. This program is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening. <laughs>